Hey guys, it's Cream, aka Miss Cream of the Crop. I'm really excited about this new episode of Conversations with Cream because today's conversation is with Dante Gibbs. If you guys are from the Cleveland area, especially the EC area, if you're from here, then you know what EC stands for. You know what it stands for. You're from EC, then you know this guy. He is awesomely amazing, and you guys know I love to interview awesomely amazing people. I've been trying to catch up with him, but I think I found someone that's busier than me, and I didn't know that that was possible. I didn't know that was possible, but in, in Mr. Gibbs' case, it is possible. So <laughs> before I tell you guys what we're here to talk about, I'm giving Dante the floor to give him the opportunity to introduce himself to you guys, and then we're going to talk about all the awesome things that he has planned for this season. So, Dante, please introduce yourself to the audience. <laughs> thank you, and thank you, Cream, uh, for this opportunity. Um, great meeting you, um, but then also thank you once again for this opportunity just to talk more about who I am, what Dante's Gift Express is, and just the passion for East Cleveland. So. Raised in East Cleveland, went to all the East Cleveland schools, the original, you know, Superior, the original Kirk, the original Shaw, um, and then went on to graduate from Case Western Reserve. Um, and I went there for my bachelor's in sociology and then my master's in social science administration. So that basically just allows me to do community and social development work. And so that's how I sort of like launched my career, like doing youth programs with my network doing the fellowship at the George Gunn Foundation. So remember when the queue was called Gunn Arena? Yes, yes. So that family has a private foundation downtown, so I got to work for them um, as a two-year fellowship and then went to the Queen Museum of Natural History. I was a manager of community outreach for there for briefly, and now I'm at the Conservancy for Cuyahoga Valley National Park, and I just launch projects to help elevate communities and you know I always got to be there for EC because it's been there for me. Awesome. Listen guys when I told you that Dante was awesomely amazing I meant that and I know awesomely amazing awesomely is not a real word but listen sometimes <laughs> it's going to be here today. <laughs> exactly you have to make up words when your resume speaks for itself. So I also told you guys that I didn't think I would meet anyone that's busier than me. Well, I found that person. His resume shows how busy he is. And, again, um, you know, when you talk about the original, that's why I said if you're from here, then you know what EC is. So when you talk about the original Kurt, the yeah. original Superior, the original Shaw, you you have to know what the original is. Yes, you have <laughs> and then to. You the gun. Like for some of us, it's still the gun. When it changed to the Q, we were like, "The what?" Right. And now it's the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Like that's such a mouthful. It is. <laughs> that, let's just go back to the gun. I'll even take the Q at this point. But right. hey, that's not my money. You can't tell billionaires what to do with their with their money. So. Right. <laughs> So tell us, when was the first time that you actually um, put something together to give back to the community, and what was it that propelled you to do that? First time I did something to put oh, put together something to give back to the community, um, I would say even just as, as kids. You know, um, Forest Hills Park was right up the street from me, so my family grew up on Windermere, and so, you know, if it wasn't playing basketball or any bounce, we were just going up to the park and feeding the ducks. We were just, like, cleaning up some of the trash there. And I remember telling my eighth-grade principal, Ms. Ward from Kirk, 
I remember telling her about that story, and I ended up receiving like the Martin Luther King um, Award at Kirk, and that was sort of like a shift in my mind to say like, wait, so this was like community service. This was something I was doing to better my community, and I was getting recognized for it in, in a way I never thought, you know, was possible. Um, volunteering at different food shelters with my grandma, um, it was just something that me and my cousins just did. And so I didn't really view it as like, okay, this is an organization where I'm organizing this. But it was mm -hmm. just like, hey, we got to go help grandma because she said so type of thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when grandma tells you you got to do something, you got to do it. And you well, yes, for do. sure. Yes. Um, and then I, would, I guess I would say officially organizing something was volunteers for um, building playgrounds throughout East Cleveland. So, you know, the Kaboom Playground that's near Taylor, like mm -hmm. behind Tucker's. Mm -hmm. I organized volunteers for that with Greg Bell um, in East Cleveland. He used to work at the Civic Center. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, and then also the playground that's up on Superior Hill. Um, it needs a little attention now, but, you know, we built it. <laughs> the one that's... Um by the apartments or the school? Yeah, by the apartments. By the right apartments. there. Okay. Yep, yeah, that's all. It's yeah. like a dark green. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, you know, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so being from East Cleveland and also just being from Cleveland and surrounding areas, EC, for those that don't really know EC, have had a bad rap. Um, yeah. For lack of better words. Like when people think of East Cleveland, they think of every negative thing that they could possibly say. Um, and any negative thing they could possibly think of. Being someone that's from East Cleveland and proudly represents East Cleveland, what does it mean to you to be a positive example for that city? No, it really means everything. One, because it shows that was was possible, was capable, because if I was able to do it, then I know people around my age can do it. I know people coming up behind me can do it. And so it kind of just thrust me into this mentor role or always, um, like, I mean, we, we kind of grow up always having to prove ourselves, right? So my mom always said, as a black man, you're going to have to work twice as hard. And while that's the truth, it's, it's, one of the, it's, it's a hard truth because it's like it's, it's teaching you early on that no matter what you do, it may not be good enough. And so when you grow up like that, you're constantly trying to say, okay, how can I prove people wrong? How can I show them that just because I'm from East Cleveland, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or my family is, or is bad or anything like that? So my family is basically East Cleveland and Glenville. And yeah. so... Um, Two areas that tend to be, tend to get a bad rap and have a negative light shed upon them. And people think that when they think of those two areas, the first thing that comes to their mind is to say something negative. But here you right. are saying, and, I'm and I've definitely had that. Yes, I definitely had that at Case. Case is literally right down the street. Mm -hmm. And in one of my classes, I had a woman say, you, you know how you go around and introduce yourself and everything. You know, she was saying she lived in Cleveland Heights, and she's proud to be in Cleveland Heights and not East Cleveland. And so I'm like, they like right next door to each other. So I said, um, so she said, nothing good will ever come from East Cleveland. So I couldn't wait to get to me because I'm like, oh, I'm about to shut her down. And so when it got to me, I told, like, I led with what I've been able to do, how I got to case, um, and what I'm doing as the president of the Black Student Association. And then I said, oh, and lastly, 
I was raised in East Cleveland, and I still live in East Cleveland. I just catch the helpline down the school. Yeah. And so she yes. sat there like mouth dropped. She was apologizing after class, and I said, you know what I'm saying? It's good, but just know when you talk about East Cleveland, you're talking about me and my family. Absolutely, and I'm glad that you that you did that. And I'm someone that proudly takes up for East Cleveland as well. And I feel like a lot of times going back to what your mom instilled in you guys and just saying, like, as a black man, you have to work 10 times harder. I think that Mm -hmm. living in East Cleveland, being from East Cleveland, even if you're not from East Cleveland, as black people, we need to start being protective of our neighborhoods because a lot of reasons why East Cleveland gets a bad rep is because we allow it to get a bad rep. Yeah, it's it's pride, right? We allow people to talk down in our neighborhoods, and then when – you hear these negative things about your neighborhood so much, you start to not caring about your neighborhood because right. you're used to people not expecting great things about East Cleveland. You're used to people expecting it to be raggedy or dirty or potholes. So you're like, why should I cut my grass? Why should I care about my house? Like, you mm-hmm. start believing and feeding into all the negative energy that people give you in your neighborhood. And that, I feel, is one of the reasons, excuse me, <clears throat> that, like, black people are proud to say, oh, I'm from up, I'm from down the way, I'm from up the way. But the pride sometimes comes because you want people to be afraid of you and not more so <laughs> the same type of pride that people have to say, oh, I live in Pepperfite. Oh, you know what's funny? You know, I, and I, I think that... <sighs> Everybody is from the hood until it's time to be from the hood. Right? Exactly. When you want people to be afraid, when you're trying to assess the, your level, the level of fear that someone should have of you, that's when you claim your black neighborhood. But right. then when you're hoping for someone to assess your level of intelligence, how much money you may have, what type of job you have, then you don't want to be from the hood. It's like, oh, no, I, I, I live in Cleveland Heights. As if mm-hmm. it's a different Oh, I live in whatever, anything outside. Right, whatever of, area you live in. Like, exactly, be proud. Exactly. I just think that we have to have more pride in where we live and not allow anyone to make us feel less than when it comes to our neighborhood. Because once we allow that, then we do stop taking care of our neighborhoods. We do right. allow the infrastructure to just go to waste, mm-hmm. um, which... I can talk about that forever. I'm always having these conversations about these things because it always gets me upset. Because I'm like, don't you guys see what they're doing? You're letting them do it. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's fun and games, but it's also serious moments. You know, um, you know, people know not to come at me sideways, you know, a little bit. But then, you know, it's also the time when we can joke. But, like, that's internal. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're from outside of my community and you're talking down on it, and if this is how you view my community, then for me, that's how you're viewing me. Like you just can't say like, oh no, you're you're the good one. Like no, because my family is there, the young people that I mentor, and every like we're all here and we're living right. Life isn't easy. It hasn't been easy, especially these past two years. And so it's very important for us to recognize that, and then also recognize the people who are there and trying exactly. to make it a better place. Exactly. I know plenty of people, amazing people that come from East Cleveland and still live in East Cleveland. They retired and still live in East Cleveland. You know, my great aunt was the matriarch of our family because my grandmother passed away early. And she always said, 
And she made a good living for herself. And mm-hmm. she always said, I, I'm i going to always live here. I don't want to live somewhere. I don't want to give my taxes. She just turned 89, by the way, in October. And okay. she, she always said, I don't want to pay taxes in a neighborhood where I, I'm going to get pulled over by the police. I don't want to pay taxes in a neighborhood where my neighbors don't want me living next to them. She said, I, I want to live by my people. I want to live with my people. I want to give my taxes to my people. And she never moved. And it didn't matter how much money she made. She just said, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so um, being that you are a product of the community and you have this pride in your community and you put these um, community projects together, initially it wasn't something that you did on purpose. It was just something that you wanted to do. And then it was something that grandma says you had to do and you listened. <laughs> so um, I want to make sure I get this right. So. You have been unwrapping the joy of family since 2015. I love that. I love 2013. It. 13. Yeah. This this year nine, baby. You better okay. give us our years. Yes. Wait, let me start that over. You are unwrapping the joy of family since 2013. Yes. First of all, let let me give you a round of applause. I appreciate that. Um. But as you said, these past two years have been, uh, it's been very hard for a lot of people. So for you in getting donations and providing for people, because even if you continue to work throughout these two years, it's been hard for everyone. So right. how have you maintained being able to give back within these past two years, considering that almost everyone is having a hard time right now? Yes, I would say definitely shout out to my team, Dom, India, and Sarita, because I may come up with an idea and they like, okay, here we go again type of thing, but they always uh, got my back, always have their back, and we're we're doing this together. Like, we're walking the same line together. They're not behind me. I'm not in front. Like, we're doing this at the same time. And one of those things last year, the height of the pandemic, um, we were able to pivot from just really solely focusing on Christmas to really like Christmas in July. And so we were able to partner with um, 10 other organizations to do an initiative called Mask for Community, where we were able to distribute over 77,000 free cloth uh, reusable uh, masks. And we were doing that in May and June. So the mandate for masks didn't happen until the summer. And so we were proactive knowing that, you know, we would have to, we would have to, we would have to begin to protect our communities because, you know, the virus was affecting black and brown communities disproportionately, right? Yeah. And so um, we were able to do that with the NAACP, uh, Third Space Action Lab, Trust for Public Land, Metro Health. They were able to provide health information. Cleveland Votes was able to provide the census. So remember in 2020, we had to complete the census as well. Right, right. And so we were able to um, – be civically engaged as well to sort of do that. But grants became available um, for anything that was dealing with, like, COVID-19 relief, mm-hmm. and they were called, like, rapid response funds. So usually with foundations, you have to go through all these different levels before you even get to talk to somebody, and then they invite you to uh, do a, a proposal or a, mm-hmm. um, a grant. And then so for this, it was just like, what do you need? And then, boom, you're getting the money. And so wow. it was able to knock down some of those barriers. And so we were, we were a part of a new shift in grant making uh, within, our, within the greater Cleveland area. And so 
that carried us right into December where we were able to, for the first time, we were able, we were giving away masks. We were giving away, you know, hats and gloves. We partnered with the organization called Literacy in the Hood mm-hmm. um, because Cleveland's illiteracy rate is crazy, right? Yeah, because the illiteracy rate is crazy. Yes, so we were able to partner with them to provide books to pass out with the gifts and everything. So each year we're looking at what does our community need, what are some of our volunteers saying. And so I definitely have to shout them out as well because they were calling us in August like, are y'all doing Gift Express this year? And I'm like, wait, like, slow down. Like, let's get through the summer first. Right. And I'm like, I just, I'm like, I don't know because no one knows what this virus was doing. And so mm-hmm. I remember talking with my team and I was saying, um, yeah, I don't know if we just take a break or do we push forward? And it was like, no, like we have to do this. This is a year that people will need it the most because people are isolated. No Mm -hmm. one's really seeing their families because they're saying like, you know, you have to just stay with the people that's in your home. Right. This was a way for us to really connect back with our community to say like, Hey, we're isolated, but we're at least we're isolated together. And you know, here's just something to keep a smile on your face throughout the holidays. We were able to, um, support six families and help them with just like rental assistance. Yeah. So that was just a blessing for us to be able to do that um, for the first time. That's amazing. So the name of your nonprofit or the gift bag that you do during the holidays is Dante's Gift Express. So for those that are watching or listening, give them what, tell them what Dante's Gift Express is. Yeah, so Dante's Gift Express is literally a way for us to really unwrap the joy of family, right? And so it's intentional on bringing families back together, especially around the holidays. So a lot of times we may be together physically, but are we there like mentally and emotionally, right? And so everyone is kind of stressed out, whether it's trying to figure out money for their kids' wish list or figure out money for food, for their holiday meal. And so sometimes that stress overshadows the importance of family. And if anything, this pandemic has showed us how important our families are. And so this is a way to get the family back to the table, watching movies together, uh, cooking together, playing games together. One of my favorite board games is Monopoly. And so, um, but Monopoly can get intense, though. (laughs) Yes, it can. So it either brings the family together or tears it apart, but at least y'all together for that moment. Monopoly, Uno, and space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So you were talking about your community mask initiative. I know that Larry Nance Jr. was a part of that. So tell me how you guys got Larry. Well, I remember Larry Nance Jr. during the pandemic was giving back to small businesses. So how do you guys get connected with him for your community mask uh, give back? Yeah, like the mask for community just took off, right? So it was really grassroots. It was getting a lot of notice, different articles. So Cleveland.com, The Land. Um, and so it was really a, a, a region-wide initiative to where we were able to really connect with a lot of people. And it was just kind of one of those moments where you just kind of like shoot your shot, like, you know, let's, the Cavs reached out and said they wanted to, like, have a session to themselves to volunteer. And so we said, well, yeah, we can make that happen. We can shut down volunteer, you know, the volunteer site and make it happen. And so we really didn't know who was coming. We just knew it was, like, the Cavs front office and maybe some players. 
But like mm-hmm. once he walked in, it was like one of those moments like, oh damn, that's Larry Nance. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but he was like really cool. We just allowed them to have like their space and just you know really volunteer for this initiative. And then afterwards, you know, we got to talk with him a little bit um, and take some pictures. Um, and you know, me, myself, and Chanel Smith Wiggum, we were the ones who sort of co co led this effort of Mass for Community. I know Neil. I call her Neil. Okay, got you. Yep, yeah. Yep, so, Cleveland yeah. is so Cleveland is huge, but for the black community, Cleveland is small. <laughs> for sure, it is. Yes. It is very small. Yes. But yeah, we just we had like one phone call meeting. We said, "What are the partners?" And we just went went to work, and so we made it happen. So that's amazing. That's amazing. I just love hearing about things like this. I love giving back to the community. I'm someone that's always involved in doing things like that. And I tell people all the time, if you're a part of my team, you you need to get ready to give back. Like that's something that like you, I've always done ever since I was a kid. Before mm-hmm. I even knew it was a thing to do, I have always just been told like you're blessed. So you should always give back give back to other people. Always. And that's just something that I've always just been compelled to do and then, you know, getting older and finding out about just outreach programs and just being able to put things together myself just to give back to the community. It feels so good to me to be able to help other people. I can only imagine what this must feel like for you. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It's it's really like lifting as you climb or reaching across as you climb, like Mm -hmm. in action, right? And so... The one thing my mom always said, uh, also growing up, is actions speak louder than words, right? Yeah. You can say whatever you want to say, but what what, what are you doing, you know? So. Absolutely. So it sounds like you had some amazing women in your life. You still have some amazing women in your life. So yeah. what does, what is it, what is it, what does women empowerment mean to you? I, I always ask this in my other interviews, but your mom the women who help you out in your organization, your grandmother, they have been a constant part of our of our interview. So I just want to ask you, <laughs> what does women empowerment mean to you? No, it it, it means a lot because um, there's a lot of women in my family, like most of my cousins are women. And so the male cousins, we always grew up as like, okay, we got to protect them or we got to look out for them. Or and they felt the same way for us because it was so few of us and so if we were having any issues like in school, you know, we mm-hmm. knew we could hit them up and say like, Hey <laughs> It sounds like my little brother. My sister and I say, My brother doesn't go off on women, but we do. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, I mean we we're a really close family. Um my, my grandma fellows and my grandma Gibbs, they literally stay a street apart from each other. Everton wow. and Inglewood off 105. So growing up over there, like, I, I grew up there as well because, you know, parents just drop you off at your grandparents' house. Yes. <laughs> so, like, summer, we were at grandma's house helping her paint her driveway, like, all this stuff that we were mad about doing. But those were, like, key times that we were able to hear some of those nuggets, like, those gems mm-hmm. of what it was like to grow up and having to, you know, work for white families, having yeah. to – figure out, you know, your space in society, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and church was a big, another big part of that background. We all went to the same church, all mm-hmm. went home to, um, after church, we went to grandma's house for dinner. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Yeah, it's funny because you know how sometimes they say like your mom's side of the family may be the one that's like you know uh, more in church, and then your dad's side of the family is where the party. Yeah. Is. It, was, yeah. it was that. It was that. So I had the best of both worlds. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Look, Grandma had you guys painting driveways, and little did you know she was preparing you to upkeep your own community. You yeah. already understood the assignment because Grandma put you to work already. And and own my own home. So I've been a homeowner in East Cleveland for three years now. So Congratulations. That's Thank amazing. How does that feel? It feels amazing. It's one of those things where it's like, damn, am I actually doing this? And it only happened because I was in my mom's basement helping her clean out. And, you know, in high school you may write, like, a writing assignment that says, like, where are you going to be by the time you're 30? Mm -hmm. 30 is like you old and so I said I was gonna have like a family I was gonna have my own house I was gonna have properties all this type of stuff and I said dang I said all right I'm not I'm not having kids yet but I said can I really get my own house by the time I'm 30 and so for my 30th birthday I, I bought my house that's amazing congratulations I'm proud of you I'm one of those black women that's always proud of black men when they're doing their yeah. thing. I'm black, proud of you. Thank you. So, yeah, black yeah. women have been, like, the backbone of my family. Um, they were the ones that made sure we were always, you know, together and, you know, taught us some of those life lessons. Yes. Shout out to all of the black women, the amazing black women that have your back. Shout out to them. They did a great job. They did Thank a great job. You. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about families. I know right now you're in the nomination stage for families to give back for Dante's Gift Express. It ends on December 1st. So tell us yeah. what type of families you're looking for, how we can nominate the families, how they're chosen. Give us all of the details. Yes. Yeah, so um, the main delivery for Gift Express is focuses on East Cleveland. So we surprised. Last year we surprised over 600 families within East Cleveland. And mm -hmm. to date, that's been 2,700. And wow. so for the family nomination, this allows for us to, one, for me to honor my grandmother. Um, her name was Betty Ruth. So it's called the Betty Ruth Family Gift Nomination. And this mm -hmm. allows for us to go beyond East Cleveland. So you can nominate any family within Cuyahoga County. And mm -hmm. we're going to review those nominations. And based on the resources that we have and what we can do, we try to honor um, all of the families that are nominated. So we, we supported a family in Elyria one year. We've mm -hmm. done family meals. Um, and then also um, a family that was, they were in a house fire, so they lost everything. Wow. And, um, we got them, like, basic, like, just dishes, silverware, winter coats, mm -hmm. and a family museum membership as well. And so people can nominate them on our website, DantesGiftExpress.com. Um, and there you you can just click Betty Ruth nomination at the top of the page, and mm -hmm. then it'll take you to a form where it just asks for your name and email so we can be able to get in contact with you um, to let so we can surprise the family as well. And so it's a series of questions of you know what are some of the things the family may need, um, mm -hmm. and just a brief story about the family, like you know if there were any hardships or. You know, if it's just like, hey, they just need help with utilities or they need a holiday meal. So that way we're able to um, just get a little more information about the family as opposed to calling them and kind of ruining the surprise effort. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So if anyone's um, interested in volunteering to help you guys out or anyone is interested in donating any mm -hmm. items to families in need, how did they get in touch with you guys for that? 
Yes, yeah, so um, the website, and I'm so grateful for this website. My friend uh, Leah Hudno designed the website for mm -hmm. us, and it just allows for us to have a central space for all yes. information because I was, like, going crazy. I'm, like, texting people, emailing. <laughs> I'm like, Listen, you got a lot of women that got your back. Listen. <laughs> I said, this has to be it. And, um, yeah. and so this allows for people to go on the website to mm -hmm. um, see recommended gifts, um, but then also they are able to volunteer for either the gift wrapping, which would take place December 4th, and then also they could take place in helping with the surprise gift delivery, which takes place at a later date. Okay. Awesome. 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 So it's Dante'sGiftExpress.com, right? Yes. Dante'sGiftExpress.com. Listen, I think you're amazing. This is amazing. Shout out to both sides of your family, all the matriarchs in your family that did an amazing job, all the women that have your back for volunteering, helping you put all of this together. And uh, shout out to being a shining example for EC because you know how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to you know. Shout out, you know? <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for this interview. I really, really appreciate it. Is there anything else that we didn't get a chance to tell everybody? Well, one thing. I want to say is I love the hashtags that your bio has. It says live, uplift, give, and believe. I yeah. love those four words that you have in Thank your bio. You. Those, those basically sum up, like, if I was to have a philosophy, right, and it's really about, you know, it's always important to give because in a blink of an eye, I, I can be in a different situation, right? And I live those moments to where, you know, you may come home and you're like, all right, you didn't look down the refrigerator three times, so something got to shake, right? Something got to be made for us to eat. Um, yeah. You know, you, you have those, those experiences where you were in, in lack. And so I never um, try to forget those moments. And so I'm always talking about, you know, giving back, uplifting people. But then also uh, one of my best friends, Dom, he was just always saying, like, you know, you got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in the people around you. And so that's one thing that I always hold near and dear. And then just like live your life, like just have fun, travel, like do what makes you happy and have fun doing it and, and shake up the world as you're doing it. Absolutely. I think that's the best way to end the interview. That was amazing. <laughs> like seriously, I think that's the best way. But thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time out of your Friday night. You could be anywhere, turning up in the world, right? EC, but you're right here with me, Crane. Right. <laughs> Even though you gotta talk to your people to give me a food, you're still here. Right. With I'm, I'm here with you. I'm here. With exactly. You. Exactly. But no, seriously, thank you so much. I really appreciate you for doing this with me, and I can't wait for my radio station and have my team to help spread the word about Dante's Gift Express to give back. Right. And so also the nominations. We're gonna get on that in the morning. We're gonna okay. get on that in the morning. But thank you so much. I really appreciate this. No problem. I appreciate you and um awesome. this is fun. So thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night. All right, you too.